Welcome to Word of Life Family Church, where we strive to grow in our relationship with God, our family, and our community. We believe it's no accident you're listening today, and we pray you'll hear something to strengthen, encourage, and inspire you to fulfill your God-given destiny. Now let's get to the message, which is already in progress. This message actually launched because of the message that Tracy shared. Uh, she shared, if you remember, she shared on the goodness of God. Amen. You remember that? If you didn't catch it, go. If you're watching online, get off of online, go to last week's message and watch it now because you'll need it for this week. And I'll try to keep you up to, to date. But really, you got to catch these things because God is moving and he's doing. And what God is doing is he's building a foundation and he builds on that foundation. And so he's, it's like this and just like this morning, it just kind of builds on each other. So I'm excited I was excited already for what a great message it was. And then as God began to download and what to share today, I'm like, it's so cool how God connects things. So she did an awesome job. Do you agree she did an amazing job? Yes, she's a blessing. Amen. And the worship team, of course, they're always awesome and amazing. And so um, all through her message, I saw something, though. And you probably saw it, too. All through the message, I couldn't help but see that infectious excitement for the things of God. Uh, if you if you watch, you could tell she was just filled with awe and wonder yes. on the goodness of God. And and, and 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 I was so impressed by that. But then it got me to think that she talked about this and she talked about this whole thing. And I like the term she said. She said that God tabernacles with us. Do you remember, remember that statement? And that resonated. I was like, wow, that is awesome. I don't know if it's proper English, but I don't care. Uh, I use improper English all the time. So it's perfect. Uh, but it was perfect because it just revealed, it showed a picture of God in his presence, just hanging out with us. And that's really where I want to go here. The goodness of God is so good that in order to experience and to accept and to realize and to feel and sense the, pres the, the goodness of God, you have to be in his presence. And so as we build on that, I said, thank you, Miss Tracy, for giving me a great lead-in to a great message. This might even become a sermon series. I don't know. We'll see. But today we're going to be talking about living in his presence. And today's installment, if you will, is in his presence. The, 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 the indwelling of in his presence. We want to look at that today. A um, couple scriptures I want to start with. Psalms chapter 16, verse 11. It says that in your presence, this is God's presence. He says, in your presence is fullness of joy now i need to hear that because i need the fullness of joy every day it says in your presence it's when we hang out with him in his presence it says there's fullness of joy acts chapter 3 verse 19 goes on to say it says that so that times of refreshing may come from it says the presence of the lord so god promises in his word he says i'm going to give you joy and I'm going to refresh you all in my presence. I love this thought and this idea. And so how do we get into his presence? What do we do? How do we envelop in that truth today? We're going to look at that a little bit, but let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you. And we honor your holy name. God, I thank you that you will lead us and guide us in this moment that you might be revealed God, I know that you've already revealed yourself. We already know that you revealed the title before we announced it. And so, Father, I pray that it's in that understanding, I thought, that we 
pull to the edge of our seats, that we'll listen and we'll hear your voice today, knowing full well that you are speaking a personal word to us in this moment. God, I pray that you would dis disconnect my tongue from my, my heart, my understanding, and since, sincerely attach it to your heart and who you are so that your word might go forth truthful and full of your might and glory, Father. We pray this in your holy, mighty name. We welcome your presence. We thank you for the opportunity to even think about being in your presence, let alone seeing that we can live in your presence. Father, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, amen. Turn to Isaiah for me. If you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah. We're going to look at the sixth chapter of Isaiah. We're going to look at just a handful of verses in Isaiah chapter 6. If you didn't bring a Bible, we have a Bible available for you. If you don't have a Bible, we have one that you can take home. We want you to have God's word. Um, the Bible says that God's word is a lamp unto your feet. Uh, Michelle and I, we, we got back and we have been, uh, we've been, we, we thought, well, we'll take a couple days. We had a couple extra free days. And so we thought, hey, we'll go camping. And uh, so we hooked up the trailer and the, the tent went back out there and guess what it was completely full there wasn't any camping so we flipped it around we came back and we backed into the backyard and put up the camper so we're camping in the backyard uh yeah we're, we're yeah we're desperate for camping anyway but what was cool about this is that you know as as you well know uh because we live uh, you know we're fortunate to live not in a major metropolitan so when it's dark it's dark and it was interesting because it's dark and you're walking. We have like steps to the, I was like, I'm like, I've walked down these steps of the deck to the camp, you know, into that direction many times. But when it's dark, it's hard to see. So I'm tripping over things, you know, and the dog and yelps and, you know, all of that. But it was like, and it was like this, this, that lamp, you know, and I have my flashlight on my phone and I it was like, you know, it was like all of a sudden you could see everything, this little tiny light. And that's what the word of God is for our lives. It's like, it seems like you're like, ah, oh, this, is, this is a Bible I've had. I got 50 of them in my house or whatever. And no, but understand that it's like a beam of truth. It lights your path. It, it allows you to see um, the error of our ways. It allows us to see the enemy trying to attack. It allows us to see when, when uh, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It allows us to see these things. And so we need to get the word of God and read it and learn it and, and know that it's a, a beautiful opportunity. Amen. So that's just my, my plug for God's word because uh, without it, man, we would be totally lost. Aren't you thankful that we live in a day where we have God's word? Amen. And we live in a country where we can, le we can legally read it and have it and own it. Amen. Uh, what a blessing this. So, so please take your Bibles and look at them and read them and, 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 and enjoy them because God has some great things to say. All right. Are you in Isaiah chapter 6 yet? Okay. Isaiah chapter 6. We're going to look at verse 1 uh, through verse 4. I'm going to read it for you. It should be on the screen, but uh, if you have your Bibles, read it um, w uh, along with me. It says, in the year that King Isaiah died... I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Verse 2, above it stood a seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two, he had covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. Pretty cool. And one cried out to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And in verse four, and the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out and the house was filled 
with smoke. That sounds like a pretty cool manifestation of God's presence, doesn't it? And as, as Isaiah sees this, as a prophet, and he sees this, he, he sees this. I want you to see that he saw this. He said, I saw the Lord. He says it right here. He says, I saw the Lord. When you're in the presence of God, when you're in presence and you just, when you live in the presence, his manifest presence, he will manifest his presence. And, and it's in that presence that Isaiah, it says, he goes on to say that my eyes were opened and he saw God. In this moment, he, we just read it. He, was, he saw the Lord sitting on a throne. He saw God because he went to his presence. He saw God. How many ever felt like alone? Like, ah, I don't know. I got this thing going on and I feel alone. I don't know who I can talk to. Listen, when we get into the presence of God, he says, I'm here. I'm right there with you. Just call my name. And so Isaiah does this. He calls on his name and in, in his presence revealed himself strong. In God's presence, his manifest presence, he sees his heart. Paul says this and he says he opens up his heart. It says, the eyes of my heart have been enlightened. What, what an awesome picture. How many like, you know, not enlightened eyes, aha moments, which would be awesome, but enlightened as in oh, kind of enlightenment. Oh, why was I worrying? Why was I concerned? Oh, I'm enlightened. That's what Paul says. When we get into his presence, the eyes of our heart, the heart is the thing, this very center, uh, a Hebrew word for heart is, is cardia, uh, or Greek word for is cardia. It's this very center of us. And, and if you know anything about it, it's a center, center of uh, what we do, everything we, we're feeling. And so he says the eyes of our heart are enlightened. I like that. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18 says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. See, when we're enlightened, we get his hope. And he gave us his hope through Christ Jesus. It says, so when you know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glory inheritance is his, in his holy people. Somebody say, I'm a holy people. Because you're called and equipped because you became a son and daughter. The moment you said yes to Christ, you said, come into my life. The inheritance of all that God is was deposited in you. And now that hope and that inheritance is for his holy people. He's made you holy. We weren't holy by ourselves, but God, through Christ Jesus, made us holy, made us righteous, right? And so now we can declare this very thing. So his riches and glory, inheritance for his holy people. That's me. Anyone else going to claim that today? Amen. Amen. That's for us, all of us. And many of us, uh, we, we have many of the times we have a, a time of, of service and we, we get into the presence of God. I think all of us at some point have experienced this where you have this moment of enlightenment where God, maybe it was in a worship service. Maybe it was a, maybe it was driving down the road. I don't know. And you're just praying and God all of a sudden reveals himself and you've had this. Maybe it was in a, during a song or, or worship or whatever. But when you, when you were worshiping or you hear, all of a sudden you just heard him or you, you heard something you never knew or you just, something came to your mind you didn't know. That's the presence of God. He's revealing himself and he's desiring to do that. In fact, the Bible says that God's always speaking. His frequency is always going. It's just whether we tap into it or not. Whether we'll begin to listen. And I know we've all experienced it. Here, I'm, I know I'm preaching to the choir. You've experienced But when you get a word from God, when you get something like that, 
it breaks every bondage. It, it releases the power of God in your life. You have joy and peace and all of it. When you get that word, that one word. Now, I, I know people that have gotten a word that seemed kind of harsh. But it totally broke what was going on in their life. And in that moment, their lives were changed. I, I know people have had a dream. Have dreamed a dream. And, and it, it totally radically changed their life. It was, it was scary. But in a way that God says, I'm trying to get your attention. And when that word came... Or dream in a way of a dream, it just radically changed their lives. I know that uh, I, I I know many of you, and I've had conversation and some of the things. I'm like, wow! When you get a word from the Lord, when you get a word from the Lord, there's nothing to shake you from that word. It's yours. It's and 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 I believe this is what happens uh, when we receive Christ. Right? We have to have a word of the Lord to receive Christ. We had to. There had to be a point where the where God touched our heart enough where we heard Him to say, "I need Him." And so if you have received Christ, I believe you've heard from the Lord. You've seen the manifest presence in your life. Now, I'm telling you this because a lot of people say, no, I don't hear it that way. I don't see it that way. I, I don't really experience like maybe you, Pastor, or maybe Pastor Terry, or maybe so-and-so, who, whatever, we put on a pedestal and decide that they, they must really have it. But I want to tell you, you have heard the manifest presence of God. Because if it weren't for, the Bible says, if it weren't from the compelling of the Holy Spirit, you would not have received Christ. And so the manifest presence said, I need you to hear me right now so that you receive your God. So I'm telling you today, like, oh man, I hope I can see you did when you said yes to Christ. That was a moment, a miracle, a manifest presence of God that said, come, my son, my daughter. Climb in my lap. I want, to be your, I want to be your savior. I want to be your Lord. I want to be your king. I want to rule your life. Isn't that cool? So if you've received Christ, you have experienced the manifest presence. See, we kind of make it like it's this lofty, like, I don't know, one day. And I'm trying to tell you that the moment we said yes, we heard it. We received it. So relax. Rest in that truth that he is speaking to you, it takes faith, and it was a faith that he gave you, and it's the faith you hear, and so you have had a manifest presence. So somebody's like, I've never heard the Lord. Yes, you did when you received Christ, I promise you. You may not have realized it in the moment, but the Bible backs it up, shares with us that if it weren't for him, we wouldn't even hear him. Our hearts would not be opened. We'd be calloused, and God opens our hearts. And so believe that. Amen? You believe that? Amen. And so that's really exciting. So, so we're already out of time. So I'm going to do three things. I'm going to talk about three things very quickly. We'll try to go quick because I got a lot of information. And I'm setting the, setting the standard here for a moment. But the three things that are revealed. When you are in the presence of God, I believe God reveals three things. And uh, I think he reveals a lot of things. So I've generalized it to these big topics. And you could divide those up, I'm sure. But the first thing is... God, when you see God, when you're in the presence of God, when you're living in the presence of God, you see how big God is. When you are in the presence of God, you see how big he is. In the year King Uzziah died, Uzziah was a pretty good king. I'm going to give you some context. Uh, he took the throne at age 16. Can you imagine? He reigned for over 52 years. Uh, and he was probably one of the most prosperous kings except for Jehoshaphat. Since the time of Solomon. And so here we got King Uzziah. He was a great king for most of his reign. He brought back the opportunity. I think why he became a great king is he brought back the opportunity to worship 
again Israel, give Israel the opportunity to worship God again. And because of that, the Bible says that he was one of the greatest kings that ever lived. One of the most feared kings. He was a great warrior. He had been noted, I don't know if you know this, he had been noted to invent battle maneuvers, create creative weapons. In fact, um, oh, let me just read this. Second Chronicles chapter 26 says then um, in verse 14, Then Uriah prepared for them. For the entire army, shields, spears, helmets, body armor, bows, and slings to cast stones. And he made devices in Jerusalem, invented them by, skin, by skillful men to be on the towers and the corners to shoot arrows in large stones. Most historians and theologians believe this was the creation of the catapult. He did it. And so we see that he, God not only was blessing him because of his willingness to say, oh, we want to let God, bless, we want to worship God. God began to bless him. And because of that, he began to be a mighty warrior, great king. And, and see, so understand that allowing him, others to be in the presence of God poured out the presence of God on his life to do supernatural things and to set apart. And so... Um, uh, and so in verse 15, he says, so his fame spread far and wide for he was marvelously helped. And then his is the bummer. It says until he became strong. Now the word strong here is not strong. It's actually the same word as we would get for pride. And so pride kind of set in after a while and he began to, and unfortunately like many Kings and, and, and great people in general, eventually it went to his head. And began to do his own thing. And that's where the fall came. And, and, and let me say it this way. And not, not to like we're stepping on toes like, boy, he must have been a sinner. All he did was very slowly but methodically step out of the presence of God. And when you step out of the presence of God, guess what? There's going to be a cliff. That's right. yeah. There's going to be an opportunity. And the enemy is wooing you, trying to drag you off. And this is what happened even to the greatest king, one of the greatest kings, mighty warrior. People were fear, fearing him. Countries, nations were fearing him. And he had it all figured out. But because he be decided to leave and walk away, I like with Pastor Tara, she walked out back out there, out of the presence. And when you're out there by yourself, now you're vulnerable. Now we're vulnerable. And he became vulnerable. He wasn't a priest. And he went into the temple and began to perform sacrifices and other priestly duties. And uh, when the high priest and the prophet questioned him, he told him it was okay. Because I'm a king. Pride had gotten a hold of him because he had walked out. And because of that, uh, in, in fact, he, he, he developed leprosy. And so he was end up being banned and, and cast... So going from this mighty feared king from 16 to 52, walking, walking uh, for 52 years, walking with the Lord, allowing the Holy Spirit to move and do worship and then just uh, uh, and just slowly but surely walking away from his presence. Now, I want to tell you this way because I'm preaching to the choir here so I can safely say I know that none of us would consciously walk out of the presence of God, but sometimes we get so used to and so comfortable with, hey, I'm a believer. I've been a believer a long time. I go to church every Sunday. We walk this place and suddenly we find ourselves pulling ourselves further away from his presence. 
because we, 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 we start to think, you know, I am pretty good. I'm a pretty good Christian. And it's human behavior. It's not, you're not bad people. It's the enemy. It's human nature. But guess what? I want to remind you of something. First of all, there's therefore no condemnation in Christ. So when it, when it comes, you say, shut up, devil. But also, let's be aware. Let's be fierce. Let's be ready. And if we're walking in his presence, if we're living in his presence, if we're in his presence, guess what? It won't happen. When you're in his presence, you're good. Hey, you all know that when you're hanging out, especially when you're young, when you're hanging out with mom and dad, you're good. But the moment you get away from mom and dad, well, maybe and yeah. And it's amazing. It's amazing even the worst student can do really well when they're in the presence of someone that they fear, reverence. But you get them out, and they're like, Wah! you know, they go crazy. It's human nature. And so God says, I need you to understand it's, it's, you're not a bad person, but I'm trying to remind you, I'm trying to warn you that I've set for you you, as the temple of the Holy Spirit, I've deposited in you so you never have to leave me. So you never have to wander away from me. So you never, you, when you are tempted, you won't, receive, you won't say yes to the temptation. So walking in his presence is important. It's life and death. It keeps us in where God wants to go, where he wants to be. So Isaiah, in the morning, he's concerned. So this is the, the context of this whole thing. He's, in, he's concerned. So Isaiah comes and he sees his king, his mighty king, has fallen. He's seen the, has seen this and he is, is, is distraught, as you, can, as you can imagine. Like, the Lord, this prophet is hurting uh, as he sees his nation walking away from, from the things of God. And he begins to weep and he begins to go before God and he's concerned for a nation. He finds himself in a desperate place and so... He goes into the temple and basically God reveals him. He reveals to him that the king, lowercase, may be gone. But the, the uppercase K, king, is still on the throne. It's important to understand that when we are in the presence of God, when we find ourselves living in the presence of God, we see how big God is. And when we see how big God is, now we feel a lot more equipped. Because we know that we are his and he is ours. And so when we are in his presence, we see God wants to meet with us. It's in Exodus chapter 25. It says, and there I will meet you and I will speak with you. Do you see how God's so personal? He wants to speak with us. So when you're in your presence, he's a big God. He becomes a big God. Number two, this is the next thing we need to see. When we're in there in his presence, we see that how big he is. The second thing we see is how small we are. Uh, Isaiah chapter 6, I'll help explain this in verse 5. It says, so I said, woe, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So in the, the Bible says the Lord of hosts is referring to a commander of an army uh, of heaven. Uh, in other words, he's saying our commander-in-chief maybe have died in the natural but I see the king on the throne. It was in that desperate moment that he began to see God. And so now we, we, can, look, we can look at this one or two ways. 
Um, we can look at how small we are and compare how big he is. Or we, on a more positive note, we can look at how little our problem is next to how strong he is. You see, it's okay to see how the smallness of us. But he sees that he puts us in a place that though we are weak, he is strong. So don't be afraid to be vulnerable. In fact, he says it this way. He says, rest and trust. And that's what we're really saying. I can't do it on my own. I know that. I've tried that. It doesn't work. Get myself in trouble every time. From the time I was young. Like the time when I knew that my Christmas presents were hidden in the back closet. And I was alone. And guess what? I was like, ah, I got an idea. And so I peeked at my presents. Guess what? It was a real bummer. Because, well, I was excited about what I got. But then on Christmas morning, it was really hard to be excited because I already knew what I had. And I had so much guilt, I couldn't even play with the stuff anyway because I was so you know, downtrodden by the thought that I already knew. And uh, anyway, it was a real bummer. And that's the way the enemy works. Temption, tempsha. And then you bite. And then he's like, and he begins to pound you and beat on you. But what if I stayed in the presence? If I wouldn't have walked into the closet, if I would have stayed, my mom's in the other room. If I just would have hung out with her, Guess what? I wouldn't have peaked. The temptation would have been easy to overcover because I wouldn't have got spanked. Or I would have got, right? Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. And, and so as we stay in his presence, and so we need to, to, to do that. But I, I'm trying to remind us that it's okay that we understand that we're, 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 it's okay to be small as long as we don't let the enemy antagonize by the truth of that truth. And rather we would say, yeah, but he's... He's in me. Greater is he that's in me. I'm, I, I'm, I may be small, but not cry, in Christ, I'm more than a conqueror. I can do all things in him. He has given his angels charge over me, Psalms chapter 91 says. And, and so we can see that. To whom, uh, to whom has he given charge over? Let me just, the verse, first verse of 91, I don't know if you've ever caught this. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Or you could say, in light of our subject, he who dwells in lives in his presence. We can't get mad at God if I walk out of his presence. We have to stay in his presence. And as we do, he says, he who dwells in the secret place will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I like how the uh, message translation says this. You who sit in the high God's presence... Spends the night in El Shaddai's shadow. I like that. I'm like, ah. Oh. Contingent is, we have to make the decision to abide in his presence. To live in his presence. Daily live in his presence. Number three. This is how, this is the last thing that's revealed in his presence. We'll, we'll, we'll finish with this. Number three is this. When you're in his presence, not only do you see how big he is and how small we are, but third, how good God is. Now we're playing first full circle because now we're going back to where Tracy began last week about the goodness of God. You see, if you want the kind of awe, fervor, 
excitement that you saw from Tracy in her eyes and what she talked about and wonder, you know how she got there? By being in his presence constantly. By living in his presence, digging into his word, having relationship. Listen, when you have a relationship and you use and churn and, 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 and involve yourself in that relationship, you start to see how good that relationship is. And that relationship is good. If you separate yourself from that relationship for long enough, guess what? It's not going to be so good. And so the goodness of God, God is good. Yes, all of the time he's good. And she was getting that point across wonderfully. I loved it. Whether, whether, he was, whether we were experiencing what we wanted to experience or not. And the only way you get to that place where you can see the goodness of God, even in the midst of challenge and issue, is if you stay in his presence. Because it's fullness of joy. So when we in, we're in his presence, we see how good he is. I know that there were some that were watching or were here that were like, man, oh, I want what Tracy, what she, she, I could just see the goodness of, just like, she's like, ah, and, and I, and, and I know, and, and I was like, wow, that's amazing. And even I was like, man, do I have that kind of fervor? Because she just oozed the goodness. But I'm telling you, the ooze of the goodness only comes when you are in his presence. And that's how it works. We got to stay in his presence. Amen. When you're in his presence, we get to see how big God is. How many know we have a big God? How many know that we need to know he's big in the midst of a challenge? And he says, you can, and I am still big, but you got to stay in me. Jesus said it this way. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever Someone help me. Whoever abides in me, right, I'll abide in them. You understand? Whoever stays in my presence will receive the nutrients of God's word, of his presence, of all that he is. So God said it through Isaiah. Jesus said it. It must be so. Holy Spirit reveals it strongly. And so... God is, when we're in his presence, God is big. It relates, we get to the understanding that he's big and we're not. I could say it this way. He's God and I'm not. Yeah. It's important to see that sometimes. Because sometimes I think I'm all that in a bag of potato chips. I don't know what that means either. But You notice we have a lot of food reference in this church. Right? Last week there was bread, right? Yeah. Remember that? Yeah? I was like, I have tasted and I have seen that bread. And it's good bread, by the way, just so you know. And it is good to the very last bite. Anyway, that's a whole other subject. I've had a lot of bread in my life, and that's one of the best. Just saying. Okay. All right. Uh, I don't know what that has to do with this, but nevertheless. So God is big. We see that God is big in his presence. Number two, we see that we're small, that we need God in our life, basically. And the third thing is when we need God and we see that we need and we see he's really big, guess what? He becomes so big. He becomes so good in our hearts. Now when I'm walking through something, a challenge or an issue, I can say, oh, man, I'm so thankful that God's with me. 
I'm so thankful that he's so good that he walks with me. He doesn't leave me. He doesn't forsake me. He doesn't leave me in the mud. In fact, he reaches out. Anybody seen that photo? There's a painting uh, of, of a, uh, it, the painting is, I, I don't know, it's probably in the 90s, I think. This painting was, is a painting of Jesus. And all you see is his face and you see his hand in the water. And it's from the perspective as if Peter's looking up under the water and seeing Jesus' smile with his hand reaching out to him. See, this is what I see when I see the goodness of God. I see, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sometimes look at the distractions. I'm sometimes going to, to, to not walk in what I'm supposed to be walking in. But you know what's cool? Because I spend time with him, because I stay in his presence, because of these things, I see how big it is and I, I see how little I am. I can also see he's good. And so when I know that I'm not to the place I should be, I know that he's always reaching his hand out to pick me up. That's the goodness of God. And when the enemy tries to lie to me and tell me, I can say, no, 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 no. I know that one. I know this. Why? Because I've spent time with him. He's a good God. He's a loving God. He's the best. You know, when you hang out with someone and you hear a, a word about him, you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, you know like, no, that's not true. I know them. That's not them. That's not who they are. Uh-uh. And the enemy tries to do that. He tries to lie. But if we spend time with the Father, if we understand the character of who God is, we're not tempted to buy that lie. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to close with that. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Word of Life Family Church. If you're ever in the area, please join us for one of our Sunday services at 10 a.m. or for Bible study on Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. For more information, check out our website at wordoflifefamilychurch.org or call us at 715-339-2207. Thanks for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you. Yeah.